Welcome to the I'm Still Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Whitlow. I've been reading and studying the Bible my entire life, but I still have a lot of questions, and I'm still learning what it means. Each episode, we will take a look at what the Bible has to say and what it means to us today. Do you consider yourself a revolutionary or salt of the earth? Can you be an agent for change and hold on to the founding principles of what you're trying to change? Well, Jesus is a revolutionary who calls us to be the salt of the earth and the agent of massive change in the way we live for God who never turned away from the principles of the old way. His new way was the fulfillment of the old way. I'm calling episode 32, Salt and Light. It's a common story in world history. A corrupt or oppressive government brings about the formation of a revolutionary force. The leaders of the rebellion promise freedom from the tyranny of the oppressor and encourage people to join their side. Eventually, they are able to mount a force that topples the government and there is great celebration on the street as the rebel force occupies the palaces and offices of the former rulers. But when the revolutionary fervor has subsided, there is a realization that now there has to be a government in place to take care of the things that governments do. Who will ensure the water supply? Who will maintain the utilities? Who will repair the roads? Who will manage the supply chain? It's easy to have fun storming the castle, but it is rare for good revolutionaries to then become good administrators. Revolutionary fervor does not negate the importance of sound fundamentals. In this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is telling of a new way, a revolutionary way of living for God. But he is not encouraging his followers to throw away the fundamental definitions of what it means to be people of God. He is telling them that he has come to be the total fulfillment of what it means to be the people of God. I'll begin reading in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, 
unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Saying that someone is the salt of the earth used to be a compliment that described someone as dependable, honest, and normal. It's been quite a few years since I've heard that saying used. But back in the day, it was widely recognized that communities and nations are built on salt-of-the-earth people. Folks who show up for work every day, build strong families, value education, and go to church are the backbone of any strong society. And that is what Jesus is calling Israel to be. Salt in that day was mostly used as a preservative, and Israel, called to live according to God's law, was to be an example to the world of the full life and societal preservation that comes with being faithful to follow God's foundational decrees. Every society and every organization or business has to self-reassess regularly to make sure that they are not drifting off mission. It is far too easy to let priorities shift as the organization matures. What begins as a powerful movement doing great and exciting things will naturally drift towards becoming a monument that talks about the great and exciting things they used to do, but then avoid the risk of doing great and exciting things now because they would rather protect and promote the winds of the past. Without careful and continual self-examination and reinvention, this drift will always occur, and this is what had happened to Israel. Jesus also called them to be the light of the world. The way they lived as the people of God was supposed to shine brightly in a dark world, calling the world to join them in their hope and trust in God. But instead of being salt, they had gotten salty. And instead of being a beacon of hope that called the world to a better way, they just became another light like so many others. Over the generations, they had drifted. Oh, they still remembered the great stories of the past when God moved in miraculous ways to deliver them, provide for them, and rescue them. But over time, they had descended into trying to get their victories by using the strategies that everyone else used. Power in numbers, political negotiation, and rules to keep everyone's behavior in check. As a result, they had become just another also-ran in the world scene. When the mission of any group gets bogged down with competing ideas from the insiders of how things should happen, those on the outside find it easy to ignore or cast aspersions on that group. After all, that is the way of many groups. But Jesus is saying to Israel that they are better than that. They are salt, and they are light. They are necessary, and they are helpful to the world. Their mission is great. As salt, they are to preserve mankind, not to preserve their traditions. And as light, they are to draw the world's attention to God and not draw attention to their petty disputes. They had been taught a way of being faithful to God, but it was difficult and it pointed out their shortcomings. 
and now Jesus was introducing the kingdom of heaven to them. He is calling them to new covenant behavior that produces a holiness that far exceeds anything that the scribes and the Pharisees could even dream of. When Jesus called Israel to this new covenant, he wasn't calling them to abandon the law. He was showing them how finally they could actually fulfill the law. The law had come directly from God. God is good, and God never changes. So the law is good, and the law isn't changing. But generation after generation had shown the inability of men and women to keep the law through their own efforts. Now the promised Messiah, the Christ, had finally appeared in the person of Jesus, and the law would be fulfilled in him. Jesus' message was both revolutionary and traditional. It was changing the whole order of things. Now, everyone could come directly into the holy presence of God through the justification brought about in a saving relationship with Jesus. So the old order of blood sacrifices presented by a priest was being overthrown. But even though the method was being overthrown, the message remained the same. Sacrifice is still necessary, but Jesus became the perfect sinless sacrifice offered one time for all mankind. And now we can each present ourselves as living sacrifices to God. The Ten Commandments stayed the same, but Jesus is saying that in his new order, it is no longer good enough just to refrain from killing someone because character assassination is just as bad. Just stopping short of committing physical adultery won't cut it anymore. Stop the leering and the harassing. Everything that Jesus taught was in line with everything that had been taught to the generations of the past. He was saying that now is the time for every believer to be the salt of the earth and that Jesus offers salvation to all who will believe. And he was saying that he is the light of the world, and we as believers are to show his light in this dark world so that others can find their way to him. Unlike the revolutionaries I talked about at the beginning of this episode, Jesus was indeed changing things, but he is making sure that the changes he has made are truly better for every believer. And as we worship him in spirit and in truth, It is better for the world who needs to know him. May each of us be faithful to be salt and light to our world. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the I'm Still Learning podcast. If you find this podcast interesting, would you please share it with a friend? Also, let me know what you think. Find me on Facebook or Instagram under my name, Randy Whitlow, or send an email to rbwhitlow at me.com. Until next week, I'm Randy Whitlow, and I'm still learning.